Welcome to Hard Reboot. I'm Jake. I'm Matt. And this is a podcast where we are taking public domain properties and giving them reboots in uh, various mediums with, on my part at least, very little preparation. And uh, to help us out, we have a guest with us today. Uh, my buddy, Matt's buddy, your buddy, Alan Sells. Hi, guys. Hey, Alan. Welcome Welcome to this. Thank you for being a guinea pig on this podcast. You are very welcome. I'm very excited. Uh, so, Matt, why don't you tell the listeners what we are rebooting today? Well, today we are doing a a, a classic, uh, a classic bit of story here. It's War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. And uh, just to give a little bit of background, um, because this is the kind of research nerd I am, um, War of the Worlds has been published several times, and it's first introduced in 1897. Um, it had its uh, notorious radio broadcast in 1938 uh-huh. that sparked riots and mass panic because people thought it was real. I've actually heard that's that's more of a apocryphal tale than what happened. Actually, it's not. There are um, quite a few newspaper uh, postings around that time period. Of people that really did think that the end of the world was coming. Uh, it, 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 it wasn't as riotous, I guess, but there were definitely, especially in smaller communities around New York, there were some issues looting, robbing, burning, uh, because they thought the world was ending. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty intense thing. And, and remember, that's also kind of the dawn of radio as like a really widespread household thing. Right. People weren't really used to it yet. Yeah, those stupid old people running around <laughs> throwing throw, throwing chairs through shop windows to steal. I don't know. What even did they have back then that was worth stealing? Horses? Food? <laughs> stealing food? Bread and milk. Got to get that bread and milk. Got to get yeah. that bread and milk. Bottled this water hasn't the, been invented yet. This was in the end of the 30s. It was a rough time everywhere. That is fair. Um, yeah, it was, it was 1938 as I'm looking at now. Yeah. So it was, um, the story came about, it was this whole idea, it was like one of the first alien invasion stories, and probably one of the first ones that really caught on with the public. Um, the aliens show up from Mars, they get launched in a big space gun to us, um, they easily beat the entire Earth and kind of take over, and then in what's probably the biggest, like, dumb twist ending, they all die because they're allergic to microbes. Well, we say dumb now. But at this was published in That's fair. And what? 1898? Is that what I'm reading? Yes, 1898. Uh, okay, yeah, it's uh that would have been like pretty crazy to hear about. I feel like that would have been a a like a like one of those moments where you're like, "Of course. Well, they, and can, d- they can't d- take sneezes." And to piggyback <laughs> off of that, this is around the time of a lot of scientific discovery in the realm of the microverse, essentially. You know, uh, microscopy was becoming uh, more prevalent, so this might have actually been some people's first introduction to the idea of microscopic organisms, things that you cannot see. Oh, um, that, so that it's really interesting. 
that would cause a whole different kind of panic because now they're reading about microscopic organisms and be like, they're in me now. <laughs> uh, there was a joke there that I missed on Hank Pym getting short enough to enter the microverse, and I, I apologize for missing that one. Oh, it's okay. I believe that's on me. It, it happened in my heart. <laughs> At a very, very small scale. At a very small scale. <laughs> so the, this this has had several interpretations. Like I said, it started as a book, became a radio drama. Um, it was first made into a movie in the 50s. And that first movie had a apparently like two-season television spinoff in the 80s where the government had kept all the Martians. And they got woken up and started another war. And then it had that mm, movie with Spielberg and Tom Cruise and Oh, that movie is great. That movie is amazing because it is literally plot armor the movie. Tom Tom Cruise ha- is the, it's the most thinly veiled plot armor there's ever been in cinema history. There is a point where he's running past a man and he touches this man and one second later the man is destroyed by the laser, but Tom Cruise is fine and also the camera that the man was holding is fine because it was pointed at Tom Cruise. Oh, <laughs> wow. it was a yeah, it's bad. Yeah, it, it's a special kind of movie. So that's kind of War of the Worlds in a bubble. You know, they show up, they win, they die because someone sneezed on them, and the narrator almost goes insane. Um, so, Alan. What are we going to reboot this as today? All right. So my original thought uh, for a reboot is actually tied to the radio drama. Um, Because it was so iconic and because it was so influential on how radio productions and things were done, you know, going forward, I thought it would be very interesting to take that but kind of update it into the modern era so I thought, what if the War of the Worlds were done as YouTube shorts? Okay. All right. So my concept is to, was to create like a YouTube channel, um, you know, make it maybe a riff on HG Wells, you know, maybe something like that, but something very subtle that wouldn't be picked on immediately and just have it be like a vlogger um, that's vlogging about their life. Maybe they have an SO, you know, whatever. And... The first few videos are completely normal, but then things start to get really weird. And they talk about, you know, something crashed in the town over and things are getting crazy and kind of expand upon it from there. Okay. You're talking about a Lonely Girl 15 situation. I am unfamiliar with that. Oh, boy. Sit down, Alan. Are you sitting down? Good. So Lonely Girl 15 was like the third vlogger on the internet. And it was basically what you're describing and that it was just this girl talking about her life and school and boys and whatever. And then like at some point it got bananas and it was like, it was about like, I don't, I don't exactly remember. Like the government had like this secret project or something. I don't remember. It was a very long time ago, but it was presented a hundred percent real that like, this was this girl for real. And it was like 12 Maybe more episodes. I again, I haven't done the proper research, but like it, it like all of a sudden turned into this crazy thing, uh, and people thought it was like genuinely real. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and this is the very early days of YouTube where you could get away with that. But yeah, that that's kind of my concept that it's presented as fact that you know, for lack of a better term, 
found footage almost. Um, but yeah, that it's, it's played very, very straight. Um, and I think that's, that's the horror of War of the Worlds is if you can capture that taking itself so seriously that you begin to believe it. I think that would be the important part to capture, to really recreate or really revitalize the War of the Worlds. And I think that's what's been missing from the previous attempts to reboot it or revitalize it. Yeah, there's there's a there's a part of this where Cloverfield was a better world War of the Worlds than that Tom Cruise movie. Yes. Um so yeah, I like that idea where where the the narrator is just just some dude, but also that he's given enough time to to really solidify him as someone that the audience is going to trust. Right. That's super important in this. You have to have the reliable narrator. You don't, there doesn't need to be any doubt in your mind that the information that you're getting is accurate. Yes. And the thing is, especially with the age of YouTube, that's super easy to do to tie it into modern events. You know, have him mention new stories that are currently going on. You know, uh, the original story was set in Britain, but this could easily be moved into the United States. Um, but to reference current events, um, to kind of ground it. Now, granted, that wouldn't that wouldn't play well for the future. So, in a year or two, it would kind of age out. But I think at the time that it was launched, it would be more poignant. You know? Yeah. If, yeah. if you want to get in and get out and tell the story running, then yeah, it's it's it'd be best to like anchor it to the time that it starts in. Uh, are either of you familiar with Marble Hornets? No. No. No? Okay. Marble Hornets was this... I feel like I feel like uh, it's the same as Lonely Girl 15, but very different. Um, so it's about this kid who his friend was making a movie for school or something, and like he started acting weird. It's all about the Slender Man, and there's like a whole... Like a lot of... Ah, like, oh, I have heard of this one. Yeah, yeah. And like... But it's presented totally straight, totally like you know this is what we're doing this is how like this is like i'm just looking through these tapes that he kept like shooting and then like all of you know like over time this weird stuff starts building up like you know like you do you see slender man a couple times and it's the first time you see it is horrifying um because it's just this very skinny man in a second story window and he shouldn't be there you should be farther down, uh, man, because that's too high up for a person. <laughs> uh, so I, but I don't know why I started talking about Marble Hornets. I feel like I lost the plot here. Okay, I remembered. So the thing about Marble Hornets is that they always were filming whenever they went, like wherever they went to, like investigate or anything like that. He was always filming it. I kind of want to avoid that because that does not seem super duper realistic, right? For this. So, yeah, this needs to be more, more like, I, I don't want to say staged, but more, more like, um, maybe a guy like, like a vlog almost. Yeah. Just, and, just more strictly a vlog than like an actual, like ongoing. And there are video easy thing. ways to do that where essentially maybe the fifth or sixth video, you know, maybe he always like he has his hair done very nicely and like everything's fine. But that sixth video, his hair is wrong. Like it looks 
blown away or it looks like out of place. He's sweating where previously he had been, you know, very upkept. Um, and he's just more panicky, but he's still trying to just do the normal stuff. And maybe after a video of that, you do a video of him just breaking and being like, no, you guys don't understand the things that I have seen. I, but, I guess, I guess also because Marble Hornets came out in like 2008, maybe 2010, a while ago. It's been a few minutes since Marvel Hornets came out. It has since concluded. Um, but they didn't have like, you know, cell phones with very good cameras on them. So I feel like we could also probably leverage that now that I'm thinking about it. If we, yeah, if we yeah. had to. That that would be an easy thing where if this guy is doing. Oh, you, you know what it could be? It could be that he is doing a vlog for either like a school project of some sort or or like a email messages to like a parent that doesn't quite know how to use YouTube. Okay. Or something. Okay. Um, some kind of like weekly update kind of deal. Like this is what my life has been like person on the other end of the computer. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Like he's, he's explaining his life to someone who's, and that, that also works into our advantage in that the, the audience becomes that person. They start yeah. to feel like they are the person that, you know, our narrator is speaking to. Yeah. I think that would work really well. That also lets you use like cell phone footage. Like he could just have like, Oh, this is, this is, I'm going to show you a clip of what my walk is like just outside of my apartment down to the school and back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, Oh wait, I saw this weird thing. Let me just like get it on video so I can show it to you. Yeah. And you know, if we wanted to tie this really closely into the original story, um, then you know, this guy's SO um, could totally be an astronomy student. And yeah. she has been, he or she has been looking at Mars and, oh, there were these weird flashes. And they're trying to get curiosity over there to look at it, but they don't know, but it's on like the wrong side of the planet. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even, even something, I like the idea that it's not completely introduced as that at first. Just be like, oh, we're really excited. There's supposed to be this weird meteor shower um, that's happening. You know, it, it, it's, it wasn't on anybody's almanac, but hey. But that's when his significant other is like, no, you don't understand. This is weird. Like, this should not be happening. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's crazy. But this shouldn't be happening. Uh, yeah. The, the other thing that I was thinking uh, for this is – like once they land how how does this how dramatically can the story change if they take over quickly like do they get rid of electricity first because we need that and if so how does he update how does he upload videos um i i would say that they don't get rid of electricity first um i would say that they would that they would try to break the internet um, and I think at that point, what we could do is kind of have it be, I'm uploading these in the hopes that the internet comes back right. and like, he sets them. Yeah. 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 He sets them to upload automatically. Um, just in case if the internet ever turns back on. So this becomes kind of a radio free, free America deal. Yeah. Kinda, yeah. Cause then it could shift over to where he's reporting kind of from the heart of the disaster out to the rest of the world, like the resistance radio or whatever. I also, and this is just personal preference, but especially with this being a YouTube type thing, I'd rather not ever see the monsters. Um, to me, especially when you're talking about something, because uh, I'd listened to parts of the, the radio broadcast 
And the thing that's so effective to me about it is the imaginings that you put in place without ever actually seeing what the creature is. It's far more frightening. It's far more unsettling. So I would try to show as little of the actual aliens as possible, show a lot of their damage, show a lot of the things that they have done, but not necessarily a lot of them. Right. Yeah. And you can, you can get away with that by doing like uh, the shadow of a leg or Mm -hmm. something moving behind the curtain of a window. Like it'd be cheaper to do like a laser beam than showing the full monster. So. Exactly. For sure. Yeah. Uh, especially cause like, you know, YouTube budgets aren't, aren't yeah. astronomical or anything. Uh, but yeah, kind of zero. Yeah. Yeah. Mo- mostly it's zero. Uh, I mean, nowadays I mean, you can get weird with it, but like, yeah, typically if I were to make it, my budget would be zero dollars. Uh, so yeah, if, if you do think, especially if you have like practical effects for what you do show, it would, sell it a lot better because you know, you know what i can always tell when someone inserts some uh some cheapo uh, cgi into like anything like yeah. a, any cell phone video at all oh yeah yeah it's really easy to tell nowadays we're, we're programmed to notice the good stuff and the bad stuff yeah for sure uh i i i like the idea that eventually it becomes like him reporting on what's going on and like trying to like keep a record of it and like maybe he gets like a little bolder you know and like 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 keeps going like overreaching a little bit the more the the deeper in he gets just like to get the good footage or to get like the story from like you know generals or whoever is on the front lines now one the, of the-, the resistance or whatever One of the things that I think is really interesting about the War of the Worlds is also how they describe the aliens, that they are hyper-intelligent, but their bodies are kind of stupid, and basically they've put so much evolutionary power, essentially, they've evolved so so superior—no, that's not a word— Their evolution has been so great in their intellectual capacity that their bodies suffered because of it. Um, that their bodies, focused evolution. Exactly. Yeah. Their bodies were weaker. They weren't able to uh, use emotions as much. Um, so one of the things that I think would be very interesting would be, you know, act three, kind of the denouement is that he does a video, but it's, it's him, but it's clearly not him. The eyes are vacant. The tone is dead. Basically like he's being controlled and he's being told oh. what to say. But that leads into, because you see that and you're like, oh my God, that's it. It's over. He's been caught. Everything's done. And then you lead into, they start to die. And you could even do a scene of the thing dying while it's controlling the narrator. And again, that could give a level of horror because you're not seeing this thing die. You're watching the actor feel this thing die in its brain. That would be dig that. That would be pretty cool. My only problem... Is that and and actually it's not a problem. It's a it's more of a thought that maybe I just need to say it out loud to be okay with it. Is by having them just die, it is a it does feel like a cop out, right? Like it's like oh okay they're they can't handle bacteria because they're not from here. That's the thing that makes sense, um, but that does kind of feel cheap because like your heroes didn't help at all, but. 
Maybe that's the story. Maybe one of the things that you see um, before he gets taken is he gets sick. Like he gets a cold or he gets the flu and the thing invading it or the thing invading him caught his disease. That could work. That could be pretty neat because like you like if if things are bad, you're going to get sick. Like that's just kind of a fact of life. Right. And he, and maybe we can set it up like not not like super subtly, but like way before this be like, you know, there's like you know, people are starting to get sick in cuz like if the, if like I don't know it's how flu season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's flu season and if we're all like kind of wardened off into these like, you know, like makeshift like you know barracks or whatever camp yeah like like we all need to like group together to stay alive then like the flu is gonna spread and if or or like some new fun infection is gonna spread or something like that Mm -hmm. and like you know then if if he catches it because i like the idea of him being being the vehicle being the vehicle and being the one that gets possessed so it's it's sort of like the like the the bookends of Mm -hmm. that specific arc i guess but like if he goes too far like if you're you know oh like oh i like no one has gotten like like a good look inside of wherever their base yeah i don't know how they would do a base you know because they're aliens right like but like they're where they're located where they go back to like sleep or lay down or whatever like no one's gotten a look in there like i'm gonna be the one to do that and then before That's he does, he gets, caught. he gets caught, and then the next time we see him is is somewhere weird, just like totally glassy, like like everything is fine. Do not worry. Yeah, please disregard these videos. They were a joke for the internet. Mm-hmm. You you know you know the one thing I would do with that is um I would I would have his significant other come in like. His last broadcast is I'm going out tomorrow to try to get into the base. Like I found where they're an access point or whatever. The next video is a significant other coming in to me like, yeah, we haven't heard from him in several days. And then he comes back on with his like taking over video. And then the significant other does like competing videos for a little bit. That would be neat. That would be very neat. Have like dueling narratives of like. Uh, of of him be you know possessed him being like the aliens are here to protect us yeah they're here they, to be our friends yeah they they want the best for us we are only killing ourselves and then her being like oh, come on guys <laughs> like he's possessed or something like like come on and and have it be something kind of subtle like have there be a tell um or something that the alien does when in control of his body maybe not completely glassy but hopefully the audience has spent enough time with this person that, and again, it all kind of rides on this actor that the actor can be different enough that the audience is like, Ooh, maybe, maybe she's got a point. Maybe there's some, this is weird. This is not right. And then the reveal kind of comes a little bit later. That would, that would be neat. Can I, can I pitch you guys a tell? Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's a little gross. Go ahead. Okay. So you know how and I've I've been listening to an Animorphs podcast um for Good. a little while now. Um and That's they, what I've been thinking. Okay. And the and the Yerks um in the early books and probably, you know, throughout it, but at least where they are, they still don't really have 
like the sense of what like the the shark brain part of a human yeah um, like they can't fake that so like when when a human sees a bug we're like oh god like a bug like like get that unless you're like weird and like bugs um then like do you but do you away from me um <laughs> so like what if there was just like a scene where like a cockroach just crawled across his face or something like something totally crazy that no human would be okay with but you're like that's not a, a person move instead um instead of a cockroach it's a fly and the reason i say that is because uh, another big theme of the war of the worlds is religion versus science um mm-hmm. and a fly landing on a person and the person not reacting is a sign of possession of the devil okay they they did do that in Westworld a couple of times, but not in the same so, context, so I'm okay with it. Yeah, so that just means that it's still kind of relevant in the pop culture yeah. sphere. Okay, yeah. That would that would be like and it'd have to like land like somewhere like real close to his like eyeball. Like on his eyeball. Like, yeah, like, like <laughs> in the tear duct or right at the corner of the eye, or have it land like on his cheek and crawl up to the eye. And get really uncomfortably close to the eyeball, and him just not react. Yeah, and and but and, and if the the build up to these are him being like, you know, like, hey, I I got into the base, but there's nothing here, or like, you know, going through the motions right. of of like lying as well as he can, as well as this thing possessing him can facsimilate a human lie to be, you know, um, and then like. As soon as you start to believe it, like 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 the 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 alien is getting real good at faking it, and so like he's getting more and more like normal, and you're like, all right, maybe he's just like trapped somewhere and trying to get out or something, and then like, oops, there's a fly on his eyeball. <laughs> People yep. don't do that. And and part of the way we can show that is you know the change in speech patterns and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like, like, stop like the alien doesn't get contractions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and then, like, and, and slowly, like, it starts to pick them up. Like, mm-hmm. as, I don't know how many, obviously, we, we don't have, like, a design document. There's no serious Bible for this. Uh, this is just a couple guys on a podcast. Uh, but, like, however many videos we decide to do in that dueling narrative of, like, the the girlfriend trying to convince people that, like, no, like, that's not him. I know him. Like, and him trying to be like, I'm just lost. I'm just trying to get back. Like the alien, pl- like whatever is like really weird. And there's tunnels and I'm just like trying to get back. But other than that, nothing weird is going on here. Um, like over time it gets like more and more human. And then like, as soon as you're about to believe that, like, ah, uh, maybe it's him then, or like maybe he got free or something. Then like, uh, nope. That's that's when we we pull the trigger on that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we can do other subtle tells. Uh, immediately when I think of Yerks, I think of ears because of them crawling into the brain. So maybe during some of his things, he's like tugging at one of his ears or he's scratching his ear. That's not something that he did in previous videos. Right. You know how like your brain, your ear has a direct hole into your brain. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, like, like the fact that the auditory canal actually, no, 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 no it's a closed system. It's basically closed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the yerk would die in the cochlea, but that's just 
you know, whatever. No, but it gets real flat, Alan. I don't think so you, flat. I don't think you understand. It gets like super <laughs> flat. <laughs> this is um, not an Animorphs podcast. <laughs> no, it's and I don't want it to be, but like Animorphs is really good, you guys. Uh so I, and maybe that's how we can represent the the alien dying is like blood coming out of the ears. Did, okay, so when you said possess it, I I assumed it was some sort of te- telepathic. Deal. I, and I agree. Yes, that is what I'm seeing. So like, but I think uh, this is going to sound really weird. But again, I'm thinking horror. Orifices are weird, uh-huh. and people don't like to think about them. So if you call attention, say to an ear or to his nose or to his eye, and, you know, as the creature dies, blood comes out of his eyes or his ears or his nose because it is affecting his brain, even though it is from a distance. Right. Okay. I can dig that. That's, that's, I don't visceral. see I don't see our protagonist living. I actually see our protagonist dying with the creature and the girlfriend or significant other rather kind of closing everything out that he died, you know, unintentionally killing these things, but he didn't live through it. They scrambled his brain essentially. Or For do you sure. see him living through it? Oh, I no. I definitely see him dying, but I I have a kind of idea as to how um how I would I would switch up this a little bit now. I like okay. I like all that that you said, so I would like to keep that. Um uh, but maybe after the whole fly on the eyeball episode, that's when the jig is up and so maybe the alien starts to twist the narrative to be like I have assimilated. I am, you know, they are helping me, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Oh. And so when he start when it starts to die and and this is real gross. <laughs> Maybe like the farther these videos get into him being this like like propaganda machine for the aliens is like more and more flies are just like on his body because he's like not taking care of himself or whatever because he's just right. an alien. And then so like they're just like crawling all over him. Um, and then at some point, sorry, this got gross, guys, by the way, uh, listeners, I didn't I didn't think we'd get here. But hey, uh, sometimes you just got to get flies on your eyeballs. Um, <laughs> and so like right as it starts, to die, I think the first tell should be like a fly goes to walk onto his eye and his hand comes up to smack it. And then, then like ear blood and like, Oh, something's going wrong. And that's when, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. That sounds great. And basically he starts fighting with himself. Yeah. And it's, and at the, like the last moment, because like you do need to give people some like, Hey, it wasn't all bad. Uh, at the end, he has to be free of it before he dies. But like, like, have his final moments be like, you know, oh, I love you, you know, I'm sorry, all of that to his significant other, and then he dies. Yeah. Uh, s- something like that, where, you know, where it's just like the one last moment of humanity before, like, your brain is fried. And then we can go back to the significant other afterwards to close out the the story, be like, a lot of them just started dying. All the ones that were, like, camped in that area or, like, made base in that area have like started to die and and for whatever reason all over the world you know like we're getting reports of them like just not lasting anymore yeah Yeah, i I dig it uh i would also like because i like the idea that like we didn't do anything 
like like Earth was just like, all right, get these guys out of my yard. Like like that, <laughs> I've had enough of them. So I'm just gonna like I'm gonna get everybody sick because they'll get over it. But you know who won't? These these jerks. Um, is like in the aftermath, like maybe like, hey, we should treat this planet a little better because if it did want to get rid of us, it would. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Do that. Do that with a little bit better grace than uh, M Night Shamwow did. With yeah, we're the, not doing uh, any midnight the... shenanigans. Aren't you worried about the bees? Uh, <laughs> the trees are talking to each other. Because yes, I am worried about the bees. But but uh, midnight, my man, my main man. No one's gonna throw themselves under a lawnmower because of trees. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I I think we have made a really interesting reimagining of war of the worlds i think so any anything else anything else we need to any other cleanup work we need to do i mean in in another situation where we were doing something that was a bit more mainstream i would probably ask like dreamcasting on this but right uh, i feel for Um, this one it's got absolute unknowns yeah i mean nobody's yeah uh like like literally like if they have a IMDb credit they are they are gone they, they are out. yeah uh yeah that would that would be that would be ideal uh for it um I also would like there to be during like the meat of it, it like where him like kind of interviewing people yeah like you know like 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 I said earlier like you know general people generals people in the like the war effort whatever that may, in the resistance effort i guess uh you know things like that people trying to help other people just like to be like hey hope there there is hope for us yet we are we're trying we're in this together because i'm a yeah, sap some- at the end of the day so i like that stuff <laughs> Oh, so, yeah, something that's not as just dour and bleak grimdark as things have been recently with those kind of movies yeah, Absolutely. or like, or like with the regular world, <laughs> things are like pretty bad. Um, well, and, and that's another thing that I would really like. Um, and I don't think I've mentioned it. I want this to be bright. I don't want a lot of dark shots. I want everything to be very well lit. I want you know the interviews to happen in the daytime. Yeah, well, hey, you know what's great about that is real cheap to shoot during the day because the sun right. provides all your lighting for you. <laughs> but again, it's just it, – it goes back to a lot of the media that we're seeing right now is that horror happens in the dark. And I think it would make it all the more unsettling if 90% of this happened during the day, happened you know, just when normal people are up and about. Um, the the example I always give is uh, I grow I grew up in you know rural Alabama. Hurricanes here are a big issue, but up until Hurricane Katrina, they all happened at night. Hurricane Katrina was the first one to happen during the day, and it was much more terrifying because you could watch it happen. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't just like outside there is bad stuff. It's like no, we're outside with the bad stuff. Exactly. Um, I also like that because we could do some really like weird buster keaton uh shots of like a big old shadow coming from behind the camera Mm -hmm. you know like that just like you like you just slowly raise up a thing that casts a big shadow but oh no they're like they're coming we gotta get out of here and then oh yeah it'd be really easy to do that kind of effect during the day it would yeah it would be so much easier 
especially if you're doing like practical, like if we want, I, I don't know what they would look like. And if we're never going to show them, we don't need to worry about it. But if they have like, cause everything I've seen, they have like tentacles or their tripods. They have like these big old like missile silo heads and tentacles and stuff. If you just made like one tentacle out of like, you know, plastic and some like, metal sheeting yeah and like sprayed it with like a like a like a matte spray paint you know like it like dirt if it looked if it was it was mobile if it would like move by itself and you could like control the movement like that would be terrifying in bright daylight where it's like no they couldn't hide something in the darkness especially because in my head like i'm seeing this the narrator interviewing like the general or whatever and in the background out of focus like on a grate or like in the sewer, you see something move like little things in the background that the people don't react to at all. Just happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really gotta be the, the, it's the small touches, you know, it's those little things like, uh, like Cloverfield, I think did this really well where there's those small touches in kind of the interstitial videos where you can see like the satellite drop from orbit into the into the ocean, you know. Oh yeah, at the very end, yeah. Yeah, just those yeah. little tiny details. Yeah, uh, have kind of like a second hidden story going on in the background under you know like undercover, essentially, of just like hey, there's some other weirder stuff happening. That we're not like, seeing. Tom Cruise is running just two streets over. Yeah, right he's now. he's doing all the action hero stuff and over don't worry, in, the, in the big city. Mm-hmm. I like Nicolas Cage. He's just How made a lot of you, bad Alan? decisions. He made a lot of bad decisions, but he's made my city a lot of money, so I can't really hate him. Yeah. See, <laughs> did they film Knowing there? Maybe. Knowing was a very bad movie, <laughs> probably. Uh, and I kind of love Sci-fi it. Mormonism. <laughs> That was 100% uh, the plot of that movie. Yeah, yep, pretty much. And then also the the aliens slash angels slash uh, spoopums uh, can uh, just, like, open their mouth real big. Yeah. That's what I took away from that movie. <laughs> um, that was a weird one. It was a real weird one. I, I saw it for free at a free screening in Florida when I was in film school. So it, it kind of takes away the, uh, the financial burden of being like, oh, I paid to see that because I didn't. So that was nice. Nice. <laughs> Um, anyway, I think, I think that's going to do it. Yeah. This has been a real good, uh, real good first reboot. Um, Alan, how'd you enjoy this? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I, I, I'm sorry if it went in a horror direction, but when I think of war of the worlds, like the best versions of it are frightening. So I, I, I immediately went to horror with it, but I think, I think we came up with something that could be genuinely unsettling, which I think is the ultimate goal. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I think the problem with horror nowadays is that it's too cookie cutter uh, like and it's it's kind of always been like this since since like the mid 80s. There's like this is the genre of horror movies for now until something happens. And I don't think anyone's doing any that are like this weird and like not horror movie convention. Well, a lot of horror movies have become show show don't tell. Or show and tell, but the tell is confusing. But it's all about show. It's all or, about you see. Yeah, or the the horror movies have become the same story literally over and over and over again. Insidious, I'm looking at you. 
Yeah. I mean, that's that's why we have the the final girl trope and everything. So, yeah. But well, like, but th- when the final girl trope was happening, that was original. You know that you know because then you're looking at Halloween, you're looking at Friday the Thirteenth. But when you fast forward, even the original Saw was pretty groundbreaking. But it also led to us having Saw the final chapter, which is actually not the final one because they're doing another one. Like it's just these properties make money by doing things like Jake said that are very cookie cutter and very safe, but it's not interesting. And the thing is, it's become not frightening. Yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, I, just just to get this out of the way, if they're making another Saw movie, that movie's going to do poorly because we have moved past torture porn. We're we on, have. We're Thank on paranormal God. activity. That's that's what the horror movies are now. The Ouija board is haunted. Just kidding. It's not the Ouija board. It's, it's you. you. You're haunted, not the house. That's the same uh, director did all the same movies. It's the person is haunted, not the place that they think is haunted. And uh, I am over that personally um but uh yeah just give me more cabin in the woods that's that's oh my god that movie is so good that was the last horror movie because they were like hey this is it we put them all together and now they're done we did it (laughs) this is the real (laughs) final chapter it absolutely would be joss whedon that would do that so (sighs) bless that man yep Mm -hmm. uh so uh we don't have a sign off we didn't prepare uh in any way this is very much the first episode of a thing for sure. Uh, so, Alan, thank you for coming on and uh, and setting so much a, for a, having me. a pretty good template. We're definitely probably going to have you back a lot. I just tell Yay. you that right now. Yeah. Um, this, so this I, is kind of something that I really, really like doing. I love reimagining things and thinking of things in different and new ways. Oh well, good. Maybe we'll just make you the third chair then. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see how guest acquiring goes. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I've been Jake. I've been Matt. Uh, This is a hard reboot. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at RebootCast or email us hardreboot at fifthdraw.com. Alan Sells can be found at Alan underscore Sells on Twitter. Matt Hoadley can be found at Matt Hoadley. And Jake Mason can be found at JJ underscore Mason. (laughs) 